0: Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shelbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. As you can see, we are kicking off a new series and I'm very, very excited about this and we'll be diving into the names of God over the next several several weeks and in return we will get to know him better the names of God reveals his character and when you know a person's character you know about them amen Uh, the names of God will reveal attributes about God that you might not have known beforehand until you study his names because by the way uh, people didn't name him this. He names himself these names. God is the one who says that I am who I am. I I'm the Elohim, right? I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah Rapha. And he go. He's the one that he ascribes these names to himself to reveal his character to us on a greater level. Amen. You know, and names mean a lot in the Hebrew culture. Here in America, names don't mean squat. I just say that names in America. Most of the time we don't look up a name and look up its meaning before we name our child. That's just our culture. But in Hebrew culture, uh, names are very, very important. They, They meant they were very meaningful to the individual. And it put an assignment most of the time on an individual's life. When they were named something. Come on, we talked about Jacob's name last week and how he wrestled with, and God changed his name. His name was Trickster, Deceiver. He wrestles with God, and God changes his name into Israel, meaning one who wrestles with God, right? Um, so in the Hebrew culture, they meant everything. And watch this now God chose to come through the Hebrew people and reveal himself through the Hebrew people on the earth. Why? Was it because they were some great nation and some great people know the Bible and God actually says, I chose you because you were the least of these, because you were the least of the nations. You you were nothing until I grabbed a hold of you and called you something. Boy, don't that sound familiar, man. And so I want to start out in saying that this entire series is based off of that. Verse and chapter in John 17 that says eternal life is knowing God, the father and knowing Jesus Christ, his son, whom he has sent eternal life. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what Christianity is about. It's about eternal life. It's about salvation, being saved and knowing God, your creator, and in return, being able to spend an eternity with him. Jesus, in that statement there, he says eternal life is knowing God, the father, and knowing his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. He didn't say eternal life is wrapped up in how many times you get to church and your church attendance. He didn't say eternal life was wrapped up in how much of a giver and a tither you was. Come on, somebody. He he didn't say that eternal life was wrapped up in what denominational background you come from. He didn't say eternal life was wrapped up in your social or economic background. Come on. He didn't say any of those things. He, He didn't say that eternal life is wrapped up in what ethnicity you are or what type of background you come from, he said, eternal life is knowing God the Father and knowing His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. So when I get to preaching about the names of God and tell you that the names of God are going to reveal his character to you and that they are going to teach you who he is and what he's done and what he's capable of. I would ask that you pay very close attention because eternal life is wrapped up in what I'm about to preach over the next couple of weeks. Oh, y'all quiet in here. Come on, this is this is some good stuff this is some serious business that we're about to handle over the next couple of weeks because we are going to get to know God. Come on, is there anybody ready to go on this journey with me over the next couple of weeks? And let's get to know God. Amen, 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 amen. You know, the thing about knowing somebody's name and knowing their character is that you will know how to respond to the individual. Amen. I probably need to repeat that. You know someone or you know how to respond to them when you know their name. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Main key number one that I want to talk about today and the first name that I want to talk about today is Elohim. If I misspell something, it's my wife's fault. (laughs) She said, of course. My pen don't work. Help me, Jesus. Thank you. So Elohim, Elohim. So Elohim, and I'm going to warn you, I'm going to read off this iPad for just a little bit and then I'm going to run a lap here in a little while. Just give me a second. Pay attention while I read. Till you got to learn. You got to be taught, right? So Elohim is the name of God that was given to us in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. There is no other name in the first couple of chapters of Genesis except Elohim. It was what God was known as in our initial text in the creation story. That is the word that we see in the Hebrew over the Old Testament. It was written in Hebrew. And that is the name of God that you see over and over and over again. In the, in the creation story from Genesis 1 chapters 1 and Genesis chapter 2. The Elohim. Come on. The Elohim created light and darkness and day and night. It was the Elohim that brought forth the, the land after Of the seas, it was the Elohim that called forth the the seas to turn over the fish. Come on, it was the Elohim that told the stars where to go in the sky. It was the Elohim that told the universe and space to release the stars. It was the Elohim, it was the Elohim, it was the Elohim. So, let's break down the definition of Elohim. So, the name Elohim contains the idea of creative and governing power it means omnipotence and sovereignty so when we talk about the Elohim this this name right here thank you pastor lindsay this name right here the Elohim we're talking about god's creative power and nature his omnipotence omnipotence come on somebody <laughs> And his sovereignty. I'm putting S-O-V because I messed that up in my own notes. Praise God. So when we talk about the Elohim, we're talking about his creative nature, right? We are talking about his omnipotence. When we talk about omnipotence, we're talking about omni meaning all. The root word of potence is potent meaning power. So omnipotence, his omnipotence meaning that he has all power and that he is sovereign, meaning supreme. He has all supreme authority and weight is in that name when it comes to the Elohim. So sub key number one here, we're talking about Elohim is main key. So let's get into the sub key is this Elohim points to the points to the creative power of God. That's why he is described as the Elohim in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. It is his creative nature. It is his creative nature. And and it's also Elohim can also be translated as father in creation, right? He is a father. But it is, uh, he is by the literal definition, the only one who is able to create. He is by literal definition the only one who is able to create. Why? Because when you create something, that means that you have made it from nothing. You have created it from nothing. But you created it. See, when we make stuff, there's, there's items that are already here on the earth. And then we mix it and we put it all together and we're able to make things. Right? We're created in the image and likeness of God. We can't create, but we can make. God created you. Your mom and dad got together and made you a body. Oh, come on, somebody. Is there teenagers in here or young kids? I need to be careful, don't I? Come on. Your parents got together and made you. But God created you. Yes. Yes. Why? Because you were found in the Lamb. And the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. When your flesh, from, from the dust you came until the dust you shall return. When you die, your flesh goes back to the ground. But your spirit goes back to God where you came from. Yes. Y'all all right? I see some of your hair blown back. <laughs> watch this he's the only one who was able to create but also in order to understand the elohim you need to understand these two words right here and you need to understand them well if you want to understand the nature of god in the elohim so the two words are omnipotence and sovereignty omnipotence and sovereignty omni meaning all potent meaning power Meaning he has all potency, all power, and he is the all potent and powerful one. In theological circles, you will hear God described as omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Omnipotent, all powerful. Omniscient, meaning all knowing. And omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at all times. Y'all all all right? (laughs) Those are three theological words that we... Have ascribed to him to understand him right, and so number two is sovereign uh, sovereign or the sovereignty of God. The definition of sovereign pay attention is this: supreme power and authority that 's it you, you, we don 't need to add anything else supreme power. And authority. The sovereignty of God has been misunderstood for centuries, and entire doctrines and sects of Christianity have been built on misunderstanding this concept and characteristic of God. This country boy from Tennessee figured it out. I don't understand why these theologians can't. Watch what I'm about to tell you. The sovereignty of God does not turn you into a robot. Oh, I'm going to get on somebody today. Come on. The doctrine of five point Calvinism that says God picks and chooses you, which he does pick you and choose you. Don't take what I'm saying out of context, but that says he picks you and chooses who goes to hell and who goes to heaven and that everything in your life is predetermined and predestined by God. Your sinful decisions your good decisions that he made you to choose red or blue today when you went and got in your closet and you put your clothes on all of that nonsense. That's a lie. The sovereignty of God has nothing to do with who goes to heaven or hell. The fact that he has foreknowledge of who will go to heaven or hell does not mean that he determines that you're going to heaven or hell before he ever makes you. The sovereignty of God, by definition of the word, is that he has all supreme power and authority. The sovereignty of God does not switch off the fact that you have a free will. It doesn't switch off the fact that you have a free will. He's the one who gave it to you. He's able to create you with a free will. Why? Because he has all supreme authority and power and he's the one who decided to make it that way. The sovereignty of God means that he's supreme in all power and authority and when he makes a a decision on something, it's done and that's the way that it is. And the sovereign plan of God was that man will have dominion on the earth. We just read that, right? The heavens are for the spirit. The earth is for flesh. Why do you think Jesus had to come in a body? It was a body that messed it up. So it was going to have to be a body to fix it. Y'all okay? All right. So Elohim, who is sovereign and all-powerful and has supreme authority, said, Adam, the earth is yours. Go and subdue it. Adam, if it gets better, it's going to be because of you. Adam, if it gets worse, it's going to be because of you. Right? So." God is is in control because he is sovereign in nature, all powerful, and he has supreme authority so he can make it work all out for your good and for his glory. Romans 8.28, right? Uh, That's pastor's favorite scripture to spread like mayonnaise and it's code for I have no idea how to help you or explain that most of the time. God is able to work all things out for your good. For those who love Him and are called according to His purpose, it's way deeper than that. For when you just don't have an answer, but because he is sovereign and all powerful and he's not confined by time and space, that's how he's able to work it out for your good and his glory. The other fact of the matter is that God never starts a thing until he finishes a thing. Hence, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. He fixed it for it ever got broke. <laughs> so, so he also he lives outside of time and space. Your life's already finished in God. You're just here playing this thing out in real time. Y'all okay? (laughs) I know that's a lot and I ain't got time to unpack that. And here's the other thing. Don't ask pastor to explain everything about God because if I could, I would be him. But I ain't him. He's God, I'm not. He's sovereign, I'm not. He's omniscient. I'm not. He's the one who's all knowing. And you might get to answer, ask him some questions when you get to heaven one day. But I would dare to say that you probably won't. You'll fall down on your face and worship him for all of eternity. And none of this stuff's going to matter anyways. And you're just going to say, God, I'm here to worship you. Thank you for letting me get in because of your grace and mercy. Amen. All right. So so here we go. God is in control because He's sovereign in nature and all-powerful. He has supreme authority so He can make it all work out for your good. But He's not in control of everything or every little thing because He's sovereign and He gave you a free will. Why are you saying all this, Pastor? Because I'm tired of God getting blamed for everything. Why, Why are you breaking this down right now like this, Pastor? Because I'm tired of God getting blamed for everything. I'm tired of it. God God is in control. God is in control. We've gotten good where we can sing it now. God is in control. Yes, He is, but that doesn't mean He did it or that He sent it. And it definitely doesn't mean that He made you do it. Oh, here we go. For those who want to question what I'm telling you right now. Or, or that come from that background, I can break it I could break I could break down that doctrine in, with a, one simple scripture. Watch this: when people teach you and tell you that everything's predestined and that you' sinning and you doing this, it was all predetermined by God, and He made you do it. Well, I used to be a drug addict and a drug dealer, and my life was an absolute mess. Can I just God didn't make me do any of that? I was a womanizer. I was lost. I was a mess. God didn't make me do any of it. James, don't you dare say that God made you sin. You are tempted and pulled away by your own lustful desires. So how can a God who can't even tempt you to sin predetermine your sin? Can we break those walls down? Come on, God didn't make you do it. Oh, watch this one too. The devil did make you do it. <laughs> you are drawn and way and tempted by your own lustful and evil, evil desires. Can I just say this right now? Like, I don't need no devil to mess up my life. I can have that joker destroyed by lunchtime tomorrow. If, I, if Caleb turns loose and I'm not walking in the spirit of God and under the anointing and in full submission and obedience to God... Come on, I could destroy this thing real quick. All right, that was all free. Jesus. All right. So we've talked about two things that the Elohim points to. His creative nature, His omnipotence, and His sovereign power, meaning all-powerful and supreme authority. And here comes the third. It's fixing to blow your hair back. Watch this. The Elohim... Is in the plural. Huh. Yeah, God, come on. The Elohim is in the plural. The Elohim created the heavens and the earth. The Elohim was all there in creation. The Elohim was there when He started playing with the dirt and the mud and shaping it into Adam and then breathed the Ruach from the Spirit of God into Him and He became a living thing. It was the Elohim that did all those things. It points to the triune God who is three in one. He is three parts or expressions, yet He is one, and he describes himself like this from the very beginning. I brought you an example so that you can understand. Y'all want me to throw that Jasper No. <laughs> Look, he said, I'll revert back to the streets. You bust an egg on my head. <laughs> All right, watch this. Watch this. I got an egg right here. This is an egg. It's made up of three different things, and three different parts, or three different expressions, but we we just recognize it as the egg. It has the shell, it has the white, and it has the yolk. But yet it is one. That is one tangible thing that I can give you to point to the Trinity of God. Trinity is not a word that you will find in your Bible. Rapture is not a word that you will find in your Bible, but it is All of these these uh, these ideas and the word of God put together and then we are are trying to explain it uh, so that we can wrap our minds around it and understand it. See, there's not Trinity in the Bible, but there is Elohim in the Bible, the Elohim, the three in one. Do you understand what this means? This means the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was there in Genesis chapter 1 and they working together in covenant with one another, three expressions all in one, created everything that you see. The Elohim. The Elohim. Which brings me to our next point. Oh, you want some more scripture to back it up? No problem. Don't worry. I got you. Let us make man in our image. Plural, let us make man in our image. Us, there it is. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are there together in eternity one day. And they get to talking and have a conversation amongst themselves. And they say, man, let's go make something. Let's go make heaven. Let's go make heaven and earth. Uh, Heaven will be a, earth will be a reflection of heaven where we are. And then let's go create beings that are created in the image and likeness of us, the Elohim. Do you understand that you are made up of three parts as well, yet you are one person. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. Yet you are one. That's how you were created in the image and the likeness of God. You were created in the image and likeness of the Elohim. The Elohim. You were created in the image and likeness of God. Amen. That's why Jesus makes that statement there too about Uh, They they get to talking to him about saying, you know, well, you're calling yourself the son of God. You're 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 blasphemous. You're doing that. He said the scriptures and David says that y'all are little. You're little that we all are little Elohim's Mm -hmm. Little gods. I know that messes with some of y'all, don't it? (laughs) But it's there. Why? Why is it there? It's because you were created in the image of light and likeness of God. That's all that God is saying. He's reminding you of where you come from and who you were made in the reflection of. More breakdown. Let me give you this. Jesus was not always called Jesus or even called the Son. Jesus' eternal name is Word. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. That Word is Logos. There's two words for Word in the Bible. Rhema and Logos. Logos meaning the full concept of God. Logos meaning the full concept of God. That's why that statement is made there in John chapter 1 that says, In the beginning He was the Logos. The the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell in Him bodily. He, He was the Word. Watch this. This is crazy. God is so omnipotent. And he is so sovereign and he is so powerful that even his word is a living being. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, we have Jesus. Jesus. That's the God that you serve. And we think that we have problems. (laughs) Oh, what? And he lives in me. He he lives in me. And we think that we have problems In the world, no, you've got the answer. (laughs) You've got the solution. Come on, if you let Him, I always say this all the time. I hear Ron Carpenter say, Yes, I stole it from him. I'll give him credit today. But if God was in control of every little detail, He'd have this thing fixed by breakfast. So, what would happen in your life if you just gave God control? (laughs) (laughs) What, What would happen if you just handed your life over to the Elohim? And to the all-powerful, omnipotent God who spoke and said, let there be lightning come flying out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second. And he is all-powerful and all-knowing and he's omnipresent. What if you just handed your life over to him, the one who is in control, and if you let him be in control of your life and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can walk in the fullness of God. He wants that for you. I'm not going to read the whole script. Well, yeah, I'm going to read the whole script. Prove prove it to you some more. Colossians chapter 1. He's the... Visible, he is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created in the heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether the thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things consist. And he is head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in him, he has all preeminence. He was there jesus the word was there because he's in the elohim it all came from the elohim y'all okay i'm just getting warmed up here we go main key number two i want to talk to you about him being el shaddai so we know him as the elohim now know how to spell this one though i've been praying it all week (laughs) we know him as the elohim now the three in one father son holy ghost the creative all-powerful all-knowing god elohim and now we have the name el shaddai el just like in elohim el el this is a compound word right here This is a compound word. El meaning God. El alone in the Bible is written over 200 times. And Elohim, 2,000 plus times. Some people think up to 2,500 times. So it's a compound word of El Shaddai. Meaning, watch this, El. Meaning great, mighty, dreadful, greatness, and glory. Shaddai meaning Almighty and all-sufficient. Almighty and all-sufficient God. Or God Almighty. So when we're talking about El Shaddai, we're talking about God Almighty. You understand, this is how the patriarchs understood God. They were the ones that first started calling him El Shaddai and God revealed himself to them as El Shaddai. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1 is the first time we hear this word El Shaddai in the Bible. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, he said, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me blameless and I will make a covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. Genesis chapter 28. Isaac blesses Jacob when sending him into a foreign land and tells him, May the God El Shaddai uh, bless you. Have nothing to be... You have nothing to be afraid of and you will lack nothing. Genesis 35. When then God appeared to Jacob again. When he came to Padan Aram, and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob, and you shall not be Jacob anymore, but Israel. Y'all remember, we, I preached that last week. But your name shall be called Israel. And God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply a nation, and a company of nations will precede you, and kings, kings will come and shall come from your body. Abraham knew him as El Shaddai, the Almighty and All-Sufficient One, Because of what he saw God do in his old age. Do you understand the breakdown of El Shaddai in this text and beyond? Is when God reveals himself as the Almighty. He is revealing himself as the one who has power to do things contrary to the creation and nature that he himself has set up. Elohim is the side of Him. Pay attention now. Elohim is the side of Him that creates nature and then nature supports itself. El Shaddai is the side of Him that compels nature to do what is contrary to itself because He's the Almighty and the Almighty said so. Y'all missed it maybe. (laughs) The, The Elohim... It's his creative nature that speaks things into existence and then nature runs its course and does what it's supposed to do because he has commanded it to do so. But when he shows up as El Shaddai, he is showing the people, he's showing Abraham that I am God Almighty and I even have control over the things that I have set it up with. If I need you to do something, I can show up and nature, I can make it be inconsistent. Consistent with itself. Because why? I'm God Almighty. I'm God Almighty. El El Shaddai is the side of him that compels nature to do what is contrary to itself. Because the Almighty says so. Come on. Men and women don't have babies at age 100. (laughs) Some of y'all need to say amen. (laughs) Amen. come on. people that are a hundred years old they don't have babies anymore. But when El Shaddai walks onto the scene and he tells Abraham, I know you're old. I know her womb is dead. But when El Shaddai, the Almighty One, steps onto the scene and gives you a promise, those things that are dead, he can speak light to them. Why? Because he's El Shaddai, something that would be contrary to nature. When El Shaddai is called upon, things can begin to break loose. Come on. When El Shaddai steps onto the scene and chooses and uses a prophet, Elijah, it can rain down fire from heaven when normally it rains down rain and water, right? Come on. When he comes and shows up and shows himself to be El Shaddai, virgins can get pregnant and birth the supernatural and bring in a blessing and bring in salvation. Come on. I'm telling you right now that we as a church need to recognize our God as El Shaddai, the Almighty One and the All-Powerful One. There's probably some people in here right now that you need to get up and praise God and call Him out by name and call Him El Shaddai. Come on, if you need an uncommon miracle, if you need an uncommon blessing, if you need an uncommon thing to break loose in your life your ministry your business you need to start calling out El Shaddai because when you call him by his name he will show up right, try calling me something other than Caleb <laughs> I ain't showing up I'm not responding to you why? because you've called me out of my name or my character wow. but what would happen if you needed an uncommon miracle What would happen if you needed an uncommon blessing? What would happen if you needed an uncommon thing to break loose in your life? What would happen if you had something dead that you need God to breathe on? If you would call out to El Shaddai, he will respond to you and he will show up and give you the thing that you are believing him for. Come on, can we give God some praise that he is El Shaddai, that he is God Almighty, that he is God Omnipotent, and that he is good. Hallelujah. We need to call on El Shaddai. Thank you, Lord. Subkey number two. El Shaddai means almighty, but it also means all sufficient. It means almighty, but it also means all sufficient. Here in Genesis chapter 35, God tells Jacob, I am El Shaddai. I am all sufficient. I am everything that you need. Jacob you just got done. I'm in Genesis chapter 35. I preached it last week from Genesis chapter 32. Jacob, you have now been broken before the Lord and I have given you a blessing and now that blessing needs to be held up, right? It needs to be sufficient. Jacob, you've got done. You just got done receiving the blessing and the breaking. Now you're broken. Now you're blessed and now you can know me as El Shaddai. When your father blessed you in Genesis chapter 28, he told you that I was El Shaddai, but after Genesis chapter 32, you can know for yourself that I am El Shaddai. I'm all that you need. Watch this. Shaddai by itself also means to sustain the blessing. (laughs) So when he told Jacob, I'm El Shaddai, he is telling him don't forget, I'm the one who gives you the blessing, but I'm the one who will sustain the blessing. In other words, Jacob, don't forget that I broke you and I blessed you. I'm the one who will sustain the blessing. Come on. I wonder, do I have any blood-bought, born-again Christians that says I've been broken, that says I've been blessed, but just like Jacob, I'm willing to hold on to him and not let go and say, God, sustain the blessing on my life, sustain the divine empowerment that you've given me to walk this thing out. When he's revealed as El Shaddai, he reveals when he watch this, when God reveals himself as El Shaddai to you, it reveals your own insufficiency and futility on relying on yourself and your own efforts. I told you that. Jacob last week, he was used to tricking and deceiving and doing things his own way. And he would push people out of the way and run a trick and run a scam and do whatever it took to get to the blessing of God. Not knowing that God wanted to put the blessing on his life anyways. All he had to do was seek him and seek him with the right heart. When you know him as El Shaddai, you can depend on him. And when you depend on him, he shows up 100% of the time. When you don't know him as El Shaddai, you'll birth Ishmaels. Abraham didn't understand him as El Shaddai until chapter 17. But Ishmael is born a couple chapters before. When you go trying to take things and matters into your own hands, you will birth things in your life called Ishmael's that can wreck and create and cause havoc on your destiny. And it can become sabotage to the very thing that God has called you to if you're not careful. When you know him as El Shaddai, you won't birth in Ishmael because you'll understand that if God Almighty told me I'm having a baby at 100, I'm having a baby at 100. Come on. If God told me I was going to start that ministry, then it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You can start that ministry. If God puts his hand on you and told you to start the business, it doesn't matter how many times you file bankruptcy and how many qualifications that you don't have because God doesn't qualify the call. He qualifies the call. I'm about butchered that, but y'all know what I'm saying. God qualifies the call. Come on, it doesn't matter your qualifications. Yeah. What matters is, is there a yes in your heart? Yeah. That's it. Come on, when you know Him as El Shaddai, he'll get him. when you know Him as El Shaddai, you will not birth things that you have no business birthing. You've got to know Him as God Almighty who can even reverse the things that are natural. The Almighty. Worship team, y'all can go ahead and come. I'm going to teach you something about learning him as El Shaddai real quick. And I'm going to teach you this at the risk of losing everybody in these chairs. And what I mean by that is you paying attention. Watch this now. El Shaddai is revealed through suffering. And I knew I wouldn't get an amen. <laughs> we, we don't want to hear that. We don't, we don't want to preach that. El Shaddai is revealed through suffering. What you mean? I thought God wanted to bless me. He does. But you can't get to the blessing without the breaking. You don't get to the blessing without the suffering. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. That's what the scripture said. You can't understand or know him as El Shaddai if you don't never have to go through anything. Come on, we want to preach. Let me give you 10 steps to your best life and and God going to bless you. Trust me, hear me out. I I preach this. I believe it. I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to take you places, that God wants to do incredible things in your life. I not only believe that, I know that he will do it. But I'm telling you right now, in this world and in this life and in this this place, this country, this atmosphere that we live in, you're not going to get to El Shaddai if you don't never have to go through anything. You won't understand him as such. And let me tell you, my friends, you need to understand him as El Shaddai, God Almighty. God Almighty. Let me just say that God is more interested in your development than he is your comfort. Let me try it over here. God God is more interested in your development than your comfort. God is more interested in shaping you and molding you into the image of His Son than you have in the new Benz or the new Jordans. He'll give you those things. But, but He's more interested in your development than your comfort. El Shaddai is used 48 times in the Old Testament. El Shaddai is used 48 times in the Old Testament. 48 times. And watch this. You want to know where 31 of them are? In the book of Job. 48 times in all of the Old Testament. And 31 of those... Job calls him and recognizes him as El Shaddai. He's been stripped. He's lost everything. He's lost his family. He's lost his kids. His wife is talking crazy. His friends are talking crazy. He has been stripped down to everything. To nothing. He has been stripped and completely taken away yet time after time after time when Job is calling on the name of the Lord he calls him and knows him as El Shaddai Naomi comes back from Moab She gets back into the city of Bethlehem. Y'all remember the story in Ruth? She gets back to the city of Bethlehem and she says, El Shaddai has dealt harshly with me. I went out full, but I have come back empty. Do you understand that God needs to strip you of everything so that He can fill you? with everything. Job receives back double for his trouble. And she says that, Naomi says that, I believe it's in chapter two, but by chapter four, they're singing a song about Naomi in town and they're saying God has blessed Naomi with a woman who's better than 10 sons. Naomi not only got her land back, but she got more. And Naomi and Ruth are now named in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. (laughs) And and we want to argue with God when he strips us. And we want to argue with God when he takes it all away from us. And we want to argue with God when we go through trials and tribulations, not understanding that your trials and your tribulations and the things that you're walking through life are the very thing that God is trying to use to develop you so that he can empty you so that he can fill you. Come on, we need to know him as El Shaddai. Come on, we need to know him as El Shaddai. Jasper, can you help me move this? We need to know him as El Shaddai. Come on, stand with me on your feet this morning. We need to know him as the Almighty. We need to know him as the all-powerful one. We need to know him as Elohim and the omnipotent one. We need to know him as the Almighty. We need to know him as the all-sufficient one. We need to know him as El Shaddai. Come on, and I just want to ask you this morning, come on, is there anybody within the sound of my voice that says, I need an uncommon miracle from God? Come on, I need a blessing from God. I need help from God. I need him to work something mighty in my life. If that's you, just lift up your hand come on, come on, hands all over the room. I want to encourage you, come and run and get to this altar in three, two, one. If you need El Shaddai, if you need the all-sufficient one, if you need the almighty one, if you need God to work an uncommon thing in your life, if you need a deliverance, if you need a healing, come and get to an altar and cry out his name and begin to worship him and cry out El Shaddai, I need you. El Shaddai, I need you. I call upon the Elohim and I say God reveal yourself to me as else should I God I give you everything God I turn it over to you God I want to know Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvaschevyville.com or be the com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media, on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mac, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mac, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.